welcome to the 114th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss emphasis on hot this week. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined today by Chronicle Executive Editor-in-Chief I'll Eric ta- I'll Schwartz, take it. I'll take it. And Chronicle reporter Isabel Vanderstoop, and we're joined in spirit, of course, by our phenomenal sponsors, Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. First order of business... Did they find the meth muffin man? Did you get to run that headline? Uh, you were concerned. No, I, the the muffin man is j- in jail. So we had some communication over the weekend that there was no warrant out for his arrest, and it was something I meant to follow up on today. But when we got that message, I went and looked in the in jail, and he was there. So the muffin man's whereabouts are known. W- was him being the mu- the meth muffin man noted in his like intake and well, I mean it's in it's in the court documents. They don't put it in the jail log. Well, I was assuming the jail log has like like baseball card style stats on the back. Well, it says what the charges are, but it was like poisoning food or something. It's a very well, obscure charge. Obvious. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you guys want to discuss before we jump into fire stuff? Was that not news? Oh, fire. Yeah. No. No. All right. Sorry. There was a. <laughs> I'm really tired. There was a fire out near Packwood. We have had, how many stories would you two guess have been published online about the Goat Rocks fire over the last five well, days? 10, 15? Yeah, probably something like that. I mean, full stories, four or five, I'd say, as far as like byline stories. But we yeah. kind of went into, um, usually it's it's flood central and we'll just keep one post rolling with all the updates as mm-hmm. they go. And we've probably had 20 or 30 updates. But um, yeah, full coverage uh, started with uh, Emily Fitzgerald headed out there on Friday and stopped by the shelter there at White Pass School. Um, and then the rest of the weekend, Isabel and Jared, for lack of a better phrase, just kicked ass out there and um, followed the fire, had updates all the time, dozens of photos, videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe Isabel can tell us kind of how this all started on Friday. Sure. Um, yeah. Emily got a call, I want to say from West Thurston Fires, Robert Scott. I, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. clear on that, but... Um, there were just so many different agencies called in and he has a lot of wildland fire experience. So he let us know that the fire had grown from some non-counted small number of acres to over 80. And then shortly thereafter, it was 90 and maybe 100. And so the situation was developing really rapidly by the time we caught wind of it. And... um, then Lewis County Emergency Management issued evacuations for Goat Rocks, uh, Timberline, and High Valley neighborhoods, which were a level three go evacuation order, which is basically you got to get out of here right now. Um, they can't like force people to evacuate, obviously, but you know, they're like, please, please leave. And um, then Packwood was at a level two which is a get set order, like basically make sure everything's packed up and have plans and be ready to go at a moment's notice. So um, then there, because of those orders, there were 500 people displaced at least. I mean, there were probably a lot more than that, but the, the number of residences that I'm aware of, there was about 500. And... Um, They set up a, they, meaning Lewis County Public Health and Social Services, set up a shelter at White Pass 
junior high school? Or White Pass School. I think school? it was actually in the elementary area. Okay, yeah. I I was in there, but I, for some reason, like, forgot to check the name of no the worries. school. That <laughs> Friday... It's all the same campus. Right, that's what I thought, but... Yeah, whatever. Anyways, um... We'd been covering the fire all week. Um, I mean, it was on the front page Tuesday and again on Thursday because the Forest Service uh, wanted to meet with the community. We talked about that, I think, last week. And Commissioner Gross said it was an unprecedented type thing. But it was really weird. I mean, we put out the paper at 3.30 and we're starting to get word about all this around noon, one o'clock or so. Um, and as soon as you could get a detail reported on the the web or on acronline.com, it would be completely different. Yeah. Like um, we had, you know, Goat Rocks Fire now at 150 acres growing toward Packwood. That was a headline. And then like moments later, 15, 20 minutes, we got another release and then it's the headlines growing faster than we can react. Goat Rocks Fire less than three miles from Packwood. And I think there was a little panic out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, that and, evening it was yeah. 850. Yeah. The county put out a release before I had even gone home and it said 850 and Justina, the regional editor, and I really didn't know if that was a typo. We were yeah. like, 850 sounds like 150. Maybe they, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got home, it was about 1,200, yeah. 1,500 acres. And now it's just shy of 3,000 last time they were able to check. So, yeah. Wow. It absolutely blew up. Um, you described that a lot better than I could have. Like I said, there's just like so much information in my brain right now after this very long weekend. So it'll help if you like ask prompting questions. But um, what What is going on with the fire now? Is our home still in danger? Has anything calmed down? Yes, it has calmed down due to the red flag warning being dropped, which is like a weather advisory that says it's windy, dry weather that's good for fire growth, basically. Um, so people have been able to go back into their homes, and it rained overnight in Packwood. And the highway, which was closed on Friday, is now open. It was open on Sunday night, which... Um, just a fun, cool thing to mention. We were able to break that news before like WASDOT or anybody else because Lewis County like had us there at the shelter. And so we were like holding it until it was time to be released to the public. And that was even got a video of the signs being removed, the closed signs. Wow. Tear down that road closed sign. (laughs) No, but really like to be able to report on these people being able to go back into their homes was such an honor. Like Mm -hmm. it was awesome. And just like breaking that news, which is very positive. So, um, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see the photos too, as Ross McDowell over at emergency management and other County officials had kind of gathered people together. I liked the reporting you included where they kind of told the residents, like you're going to go home, but it might not look like it did when you left. Um, just with all the crews up there, which you guys got up there on Saturday and got photos of that as well, um, building fire lines and, you know, removing vegetation and things like that. Um, I thought that was cool. And uh, just to backtrack a little bit to Saturday, so we'll go from the highways open, everybody goes home to Saturday. Um, I did want to touch on um, the sheriff's office ultimately allowed us to go up onto the highway all the way up to White Pass. Is that right? Uh, not quite. So <clears throat> if you're okay with me taking the answer from there, I was first on Friday night at 11 p.m. I called Ross McDowell, deputy director of Lewis County Emergency Management. And I was like, hey, we would love to get a ride along with somebody if you can think of anybody who might be able to take us out there. So we go in there at 7.30 the next morning and he gave us the contact for the U.S. Forest Service PIO on the fire, which is 
this guy from Texas, like no offense to him or anything, but he said to me on the phone, like, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. We're at the Cowlitz Valley Ranger <laughs> District. Doesn't mean he's not great at firefighting. No, no, uh, right. no, it's nothing. It was just funny. It was like, you know, he was brand new to this situation too. And so he doesn't know like my relationship with the public or like with the local firefighters or whatever, obviously, you know what I'm, that's really right. what I want to say. And, um, he was like, no way, there's no way we're getting you out there pretty much. And I sort of said, okay, thank you. Like, we're going to talk to some local contacts because basically like we would really like to get out there. And I want to state really clearly with this that we, in my mind, when I hear the fire is a mile from Timberline and they're like creating dozer lines, I have this image in my head of fear that there is a huge wall of flames, a couple of firefighters and on the backside of them, like this whole community and it's waiting to be burned down. Right. And in my opinion, the photos that show firefighters creating defensible space and just doing those dozer lines and everything that they were able to get out and do out there shows people what's going on with their homes that they are no longer allowed to go back to, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I believe it's very valuable for us to be able to show what's going on on these lines. And it's not like we were asking to be taken to the actual like front lines of the fires. So... Then we called, we asked um, Glenoma Fire and a couple other local firefighters. And then I was given the contact to a sheriff's deputy, Chris Rubin, and I called him and asked for a ride along. And then he was not going out to the fire. He was doing something else in the county that day. And he was able to put us in contact with the sheriff and then Sheriff Snaza, Dusty Breen with the sheriff's office and Rick Van Wyk uh, took us out there. And they, it's such, I'm so, so thankful for it because they drove us around for like two and a half hours, taking us to all the different neighborhoods affected. And we got a lot of photos and we got to see all the smoke. And yeah, like Eric said, we didn't quite go up to White Pass, but almost there. And then, we started up there and then kind of drove back down and stopped at the different viewpoints and the different communities and whatnot and just kind of tried our best to document what was going on. Yeah, I, I thought it was invaluable. And I think a little context to that robust explanation of how it went down is a bit in response to we had a handful of commenters that are um, blasting the sheriff and saying this is an election year. Um, we've never had a natural disaster where we didn't ask the sheriff's office to give us some access. Yeah, so um, I'm sorry it happened in an election year, but uh, I am appreciative to the sheriff's office because it's absolutely right. Like if you're in a disaster and I'll use my personal uh, example again, but like you know, the flooding on the Wanch Prairie last year. It's really weird to like literally flee from an area like in fear and then not know what your house is doing. And I recall, you know, we got through deadline on that flood day and one of my neighbors sent us a picture showing that it didn't look like it was in the house. They couldn't say for sure they're across the street. Um, And it was such a huge relief. It was just, just not seeing my house underwater. So it's uh, lots of news value there. Yeah. What, well, what happens, what comes next with the fire? 
the containment date is like October, es- estimated containment dates like October 15th. So when these fires get out into the wilderness, um, I mean, they can burn for months and months and months. I know on the south side last year, I can't remember the name of the fire, but they were still battling that thing in November. Battling, it, use that Natchez. word a little heavy. Yeah. The Natchez fire. Right. Because it gets into the ground. It's mm-hmm. like smoking up from underneath. So it's going to be with us for a while and we'll likely continue to uh, cover it just through the Forest Service uh, updates. They send out an update or two a day, um, sometime every other day, um, and we'll stick with that unless something changes on the ground. Yeah. Um, The last thing that I'll say about this is if they can get it to just continue growing to the south, that's away from residences. Right now it's still like a mile from the highway, a mile from Timberline, and two miles from Packwood. But, um, and as sad as it is to think about that, it might even be better for us if it burns up the wilderness by Packwood Lake. I mean, like it's devastating no matter what, right? But um, hopefully like the growth will continue in that direction. Mm -hmm. And they are continuing to get that like rain out there, which should prevent the fire from tree topping, they call it, which is like jumping from tree to tree. And so far, the behavior of this fire, uh, as it's been described to me, is not like super wild. Like, I, I don't know if that even makes sense to say because it's so big, but they... It's not a burning wall of flames. Exactly. That can be seen from space. I mean, you can probably see it from space, but... You can see the smoke, <laughs> I'm sure, but yeah. Yeah, it... Uh... There was a lot of coverage. It looked really good. You guys did a good job. Congratulations. I'll say say this too, and it's cliche, but it it was an honest feeling I had. Like waking up Saturday and seeing all these local fire departments share pictures of themselves departing, getting the news that the state was on the way, that there's helicopters up. uh, That was nice. So I think uh, firefighters deserve all of our appreciation and thanks. It was cool at the shelter. Jared got some cool photos. There was one of uh, Sheriff Snaza talking to a little kid dressed in a fire chief jacket that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so Um, cute. and they had all those messages out on the table that they had written to the firefighters, thanking them for their work. So, thank a firefighter, Aaron. It was it was cute that Snaza had on a fire fire jacket. <laughs> <laughs> is that, yeah, yeah. So, no, that is cool. Um, yeah, it was. I'm glad the fire is you know better. Yeah. Yeah, it's, better is about that's the best word you could use because it's still there for sure. Yeah. All right, you guys want to move on? Yeah, please. Uh, great job to Isabel. Great job to Jared. Uh, I think I get way too much credit from people for our coverage. I literally told Isabel not to worry about going back to Packwood <laughs> on Sunday, um, and she went out there on her own volition, her and Jared, and put together a nice final story. So there. Thank you. Uh, okay. Next item. Lewis County Commissioner rallies against windmill code changes. Oh, I knew you would like this one. I, I had fun with this one. <laughs> I read it the whole time I read it. I was like, oh, Aaron's going to love this one. <laughs> there was a meeting out at the Bafa Grange, which is Commissioner Lindsay Pollock's district, and also her old stomping grounds. I almost put that in the story, but then I, I didn't. I mean, that's, yeah. But I, I thought, you know, everybody knows. Yeah, it's no secret. Uh, at least 80 people attended the meeting, but not for the traditional social... These are This is taken directly from the story. I liked it. But not for the traditional social frills offered by the Grange Hall. The topic of the evening was windmills, or as stated in the title of the commissioner's presentation, Winds of Code Change, <laughs> which is a presentation <laughs> title that might as well have a uh, subhead that says, please include me in news dump. 
I hear she's uh, uh, she, she's shopping a script for this in, in Hollywood. <laughs> Winds of code change. It's <laughs> so dorky, but so funny. Those windmills are going to get rocked like a hurricane. Um, so anyway, they're talking about windmills out in Boisford, and it sounds like Pollock is maybe against it or at least presenting information to the community. So if they choose to be against it, they will know which steps to take. No, I... Remember, the headline says Lewis County Commissioner rallies against windmill code changes. I think okay. it's very clear that her stance on this is that it's bad. I think so, She's too. a friend of the birds. And I'm not saying, no, <laughs> I, we'll I'm not saying that Pollock is straight up against windmills. I'm saying it was very clear that her stance was this code change is bad. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yeah, the code change, which would enable the windmills to come in. Yeah, well, Correct. that's not true, exactly. But in theory. But it yeah. would, it's it, like it's a step, step along. Yes, exactly. But yeah. it's actually, it would actually allow for like research to take place on the potential wind farm. Research. It's well, research is always the first step to trouble. <laughs> anyway, uh, she pointed out that Lewis County produces masses of amounts of energy through dams and existing wind farms more than we use. She said, quote, to continue to build more energy projects in our area, it becomes the fact that we're busy hosting these sites, but we don't necessarily derive a direct benefit from them, she told the Chronicle ahead of the meeting. I I don't think I like the how does this help me specifically argument that's kind of implied in that. That's not how states or economies or societies in general work. Um and also, don't like taxes on that kind of thing. Uh, kind of so keep the county. Big windmills going. got to you, have they? Big, you know, I've been a windmill man. <laughs> um, she makes a good argument as far as dams. That's clean energy. I mean, it doesn't count as such by the state or federal government. But you can imagine if you were a Lewis County commissioner, how much you would wish the county had local control over those dams. I mean, it would be so so profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, I think really that's the the point that she's trying to get at is really not like, oh, I can't believe we're helping other people. The point is like, I would love to see some more projects in here that I know would benefit our community. But I mean, on the other hand, if you're going out to a meeting at the Boffog Grange and saying you should let the government take control over this industry, like that's kind of like a a step in the wrong direction towards nationalization, if you (laughs) ask me. And that's a step in the direction towards communism. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Short step. Yeah. This is is very much in my opinion, a NIMBY thing, but it it comes down to local control, right? And the code change allows for this next step to happen that would allow for the next step to happen. And eventually it comes into like state ruling. And basically her main argument against this was that if it proceeds, the local voice will be not as important. And I can understand, like I just said, why a county commissioner would feel that way. Yeah, uh, I. whatever it's like the local control, like as it is now, the land that these windmills would go on is like it's warehouser land, right? Uh-huh. And warehouser is a fairly like local-ish company that employs a lot mm. of, it at least employs a lot of people. It's a I would call company. it that 10 years ago. They still employ a lot of people like in yeah. that area. Yeah, I would right. say I would... I would go so far as to say Warehouser is probably the largest employer in that section of Lewis County. Oh, likely. Yeah. And no, so the, yeah. the the idea of like, well, we, I don't know, like I thought they were supposed to let businesses do whatever they wanted. 
but not let the like county code do whatever it wants to do, Aaron. Well, if business wants to change the county code, <laughs> let business change the county code. Get to the birds. Anyway, one commenter at the meeting, Sir Neil Stewart, stood up and said, are you aware of the deaths every year to the avian population caused by these wind farms? A couple thousand eagles. If I shoot an eagle, I get a big fine. <laughs> but if the wind farm kills an eagle, it gets a buy. It gets a pass, he said. <laughs> okay, I need as to it, say let me, something. As he read from his several pages list of concerns and explained how he now lives in a window-free bunker so no birds crash okay, into any not. of his winds and perish. That part was added, but he did read from a several-page list of concerns. I That's in the story directly. I just like to imagine that he got a really full response to the question, and then he was yeah. like, can I shoot eagles or not? <laughs> I, I, I read this, and I was imagining like... Like a windmill with a gun on each blade shooting down <laughs> eagles. Okay, I, I need to say something about this. So he said that, and that's where the quote gets cut off because at that word, another person in the crowd stood up. And by the way, we said over 80 in the story, and I just saw Arnie Davis in the parking lot of Berry Fields yesterday, and he was like, by the way, there were more than 100 people at that meeting. Mm, uh, oh man, and yeah. another attendance snafu. I know. Well, I said more than 80. That was true. There were more than 10 people at the meeting. <laughs> the, yeah, there's nothing people like to argue more than attendance at meetings and rallies and whatnot. Have we ever mentioned, uh, for the record on the podcast, that former reporter Claudia Yaw would estimate crowd sizes by Googling various crowd sizes? Like she would Google 100 people and see if it looked like <laughs> where she was oh, at. I mean, yeah, no, I think it's very smart. It's, I know. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's very smart. Anyways. He said that and somebody in the crowd stood up and said, no, they get more money. They get a bounty if they kill the birds. What? Yes, that's what he said. And I was like, that is so absurd that I can't print it. Like, well, you don't know about the eagle bounty? <laughs> I was like, that's so wrong that I won't put it in the newspaper. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Anyway, this got me down a big birds versus windmills rabbit hole. And it turns out cats kill far more birds than windmills. I mean, they both kill a lot of birds, but yeah, you're right. Cats are a, yeah. But, um, but windmills yeah. kill like raptors and cats kill small birds. Well, we just need bigger cats. And then. it's a lot easier to kill a lot of small birds than a lot of raptors because there are more small birds per species than there are raptors per species. I kind of feel like it's an evolution thing. Just let nature take its course. Stick the windmill out there, and eventually the smarter birds will survive. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yeah, we're going to have bigger, better eagles. <laughs> Just what this country's <laughs> needed for a while. That's a great argument against environmentalism. You know, like, let humans do whatever they want, and whatever survives is the, the best. <laughs> yeah, look at the dodo bird. Who needs him, man? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> So oh, that's such an insane take. I, it's, it, I also <laughs> like, like this would theoretically, if it happens down the road, the code changes only the first step, yada, yada, yada. But also like, I feel if you went to any of these people and were like, if we put this windmill on your property, this is the check you will get. Like, I feel like some opinions would change. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, are you telling me that if, like big windmill comes to your house and it's like, I don't hey. think big windmill is going to want to be on the launch prairie. <laughs> how about, how about a windmill? <laughs> here's what it looks like financially for you. You'll never have to pay for wind again. I like your note here. <laughs> what I find m most interesting about this story. I just is mentioned that. Oh, I missed it. 
Yeah, imagine a sentient windmill with a shotgun killing eagles mm, for sport. I missed it. Sorry, I was lost in my thoughts. <laughs> Birds. Uh, I just, the, to me, as a reporter, the most interesting thing in this story is that it's a commissioner rallying up her district ahead of a public comment to yeah, that's sway. Rare. That's rare. Yeah, to sway the opinions of her seatmates. I don't think I can think of another time that's happened, but it's well, not successfully. I'm sure somebody else has done it at some point, but it's very interesting. I mean, it's like, yeah, she's she is like using the vessel of her constituents' feelings to hopefully at like a future public hearing express both her opinions and theirs about it. And it's like, Hey, look at this. You got to stand up for it. Cause I don't think you're going to like it. And knowing how well she knows her community there, she's probably right. And a hundred people showed up. They probably don't like it, but it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is the podcast art going to be Don Quixote charging at a windmill, but with Lindsay Pollock's face? Well, the windmill's going to have a gun, obviously. <laughs> okay. I don't really um, like guns in our pictures. You provided us a picture of Jamie Herrera Butler with a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, but then you put the words on it. You put, the, and first of all, I photoshopped, a fair point. I photoshopped it. Well, okay. I'll say this first. I didn't take that photo. Jared sent it to you guys. And then oh. I photoshopped it onto a sea lion because that's the only way I wanted you to use it not her pointing it at any person. And then you <laughs> took the original photo and wrote on it something like that I thought was very inappropriate on the bazooka. And we're factually at- wrong a, a week later when the count kept going. <laughs> yeah, and it really that, turned so, out poorly for everybody. So <laughs> I think just the gun thing, yeah, I would, I would hold you responsible for that. Uh, bazooka thing, not a gun thing. Anyway, anything else on uh, the windmill issue? No, I, I got nothing. I guess I shouldn't just like say that I don't like pictures of guns when I live in Lewis County, but. I mean, I don't think it harms anything. I, uh, I Chad agree. actually has a, an unspoken rule that there has to be a picture of a gun in every issue of the Chronicle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a rule. Yeah. <laughs> we had to work one into sports one time and it was tricky. Yeah, if you don't see it, you got to check the ads. We kind of <laughs> work it into the background a little yeah. bit. I don't, uh, I don't know. Next news item. Uh more West Lewis County news. 2,100 marijuana plant sees seven people arrested in two drug busts near Adna on Thursday. Hell yeah. Law enforcement <laughs> seized approximately 1,700 plants at the State Route 6 property. This is if you're going west on Highway 6, just past the Curtis Hill Road turnoff on the left. And then approximately... <laughs> really good directions, Aaron. Well, I did. I know you know where it is. <laughs> There's a reason I know where that I is. Know. Because that's where I buy all of my unprocessed marijuana. Um, and approximately 400 plants at the Tracy Terrace property, which I'm not familiar with, according that's to the sheriff's office. Clay Cueto neighborhood. Clay Cueto. Clay Cueto. There's Clay Cueto. It's Clay Cueto. We had a whole talk about this, and she pulled Jean Bloom into the argument, and Jean Bloom took her side, which, you know, I lost a little respect for Jean Bloom that day. But Oh, my gosh. It's Clay with an A. Clay Cueto. Clequeto, yeah. You guys are wrong. When you have nearly died in a car crash on the border of that cemetery, you can My call it whatever you'd like. My grandparents are buried in that cemetery, and I live in that neighborhood. I'm a precinct voter in that precinct. <laughs> oh, are the the Clequeto precinct? Yeah. So, what does that have to do with your car crash? You have more ownership he just, he over was the flexing. pronunciation. He I almost know. wound up in that cemetery. <laughs> he wanted people to know he's a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I've spent more time in that Sarah. 
cemetery than I've spent in your parents' house. Mm -hmm. With some of that stolen, uh, seized pot, huh? (laughs) Um, Next item, speaking of seized green vegetables, mysterious corn crash on Highway 12 overshadowed by Goat Rock's fire response. Uh, This this was just kind of a fun bonus story that you found out in Highway 12. You were just cruising around with the sheriff, and he's like, look at all that corn. Yeah, that is the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that kind of is really. I, it, that is it. There was a, a tipped over truck full of corn. <laughs> Nobody knew how it got there. It was just abandoned. Uh, they didn't. I'm sure somebody knows how it got there. But it was weird, like in Slack, our, our, our newsroom messaging service, like getting all these flames and smoke and firefighters. And then Isabel pipes in with a, we got a corn situation. <laughs> I said, there. you guys are going to love it when you hear about yeah, this corn Whatever thing. it was. Yeah. <laughs> just no, nothing before that, though, to indicate what it was about. So I. They, the I almost led was, with the corn today on the front page. The fact that it was just kind of abandoned makes it so funny. Like somebody was just cruising along, going way too fast with a load of corn and tipped guys, over. And he's like, we got a bail, man. I, <laughs> this, this corn's hot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that is incriminating information. You stole some of the corn? I took some of the corn. Oh, wow. my goodness. It's just... You know, I was like, oh, my chickens would really like that. It's already like open and kind of crushed. And I just thought, well, I could take a couple of those. So I did. Yeah, that's how it starts. (laughs) Slippery slope. Soon everybody be out there just taking corn. Uh, I know. I shouldn't have, but... Next thing you know, you're going to be driving down State Street in Shayla's going past Nashville and be like, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I take some corn? (laughs) It's just sitting there. It was way past bad. Like all of it had opened up and it's not edible anymore. That corn had been there for a while then before you popped in. I just thought like, just kind of be me for a second and be in Sheriff Snaz's patrol vehicle and there's smoke everywhere and you stop dead in the middle of Highway 12, get out, there's nobody else coming through, so you're just walking on the highway and here's a bunch of corn and a truck (laughs) and there's corn all over the forest. The forest is just covered with corn. Like, I just, I was like, I feel like I'm hallucinating. It just doesn't feel like a real moment. So Snaza was like, you're going to write something nice about me, right? And you were like, what? And then he winked and turned and looked the other way. And he was like, go ahead. <laughs> fill your pockets. Paid off with a little corn. Oh, I didn't take the corn while I was with him. I Oh, you went it. back to the scene. Yeah. No, Jared and I were out on Highway 12 last night when it first opened. And I was like, should we grab some of that corn? Because <laughs> my mom, well, I told my mom about the corn crash and she was like, well, did you bring some back for the chickens? Like as if she thought that was something that would automatically go through my mind. And I was like, no. And she was like, you should have. And so last night I took three years of corn from the scene. Do you think Snaza and Dusty Breen and the rest of the, the sheriff's crew were out there and he was like, all right, guys, we got four tons of corn. We got to file into evidence here. Who's going to help me file it. these three tons of corn into evidence? <laughs> <laughs> be a real shame if something to happen to these two, two tons of corn. Do you think it's actually a crime that I took that? I mean, uh, no. I what about so. domain corn? People, people collect roadkill, right? We're going to find out. Is you actually like and jetsam? backed the vehicle out and took the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the vehicle was gone by Sunday night. So Interesting. Probably was dot or somebody moved it out. Hmm. Um, all right. That was the great uh, corn heist. Uh, next item. China Creek projects are, quote, winning fight against flooding is gauge soon to be installed. Is that the proper spelling of gauge? Yes. 
We've gone back and forth over the years, but that is what the National Weather Service uses. We're talking G-A-G-E as opposed to G-A-U-G-E. I'm a G-A-U-G-E guy myself. I was always one too, but Isabel wrote the story. It was during flooding when we switched to it. Yeah. It's consistent with her sources. So, All right. If you look it up online, it actually says both spellings are fine. Yeah, I did look it up online. It said both spellings are fine. It said the other one is preferred. Oh, really? G-A-U-G-E. If I were to say, like, what's your gauge on this situation? If I were to write that, I think I would use the U. But just for river gauges at this point, we're using the G-A-G-E. And because that's the style we switched to during the flood, I just wanted to keep it consistent. If I could pick, I would do the U, but that's what USGS calls it. Interesting. All right. Uh, Public Works Director Kim Ashmore provided an update on the China Creek project and said that now that phase two is complete, a flow depth during a 2.5-inch 24-hour rainfall will be lessened by 3.6 inches while improving habitat for salmon year-round. The new gauge is coming on the creek likely before November to give residents and officials a chance to track flow during a flood event. Uh, where is this? Where is the China Creek project? Where's the gauge going to be? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't know yet. Nobody knows yet. They're still figuring that out. I'm still going to use my gauge, which is walking out back and staring at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your hands on your hips. <laughs> well, you can always tell if it's... If you can't see any under anymore, then you know it's it's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the river gauge. You know, if Kim Ashmore and company fix the China Creek situation, where am I going to go wade around in flood water at to You're show people have it's to flooding? Actually, like go to the places You're where have to the walk rivers like are two flooding. blocks over to Gold Street. Every time it floods, I just walk out there and like, well, going in, <laughs> walk around, <laughs> you get out your phone, Getting and you my fire flood up, legs, you fire up <laughs> Facebook Live, and you're like, time for some. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. I mean, page views. it's not even a shot at the, the good followers. People like to see tall water. They like to see high water. They like to see big water. <laughs> Remember Pete Caster, our former visuals editor, uh, like passive aggressively, I think, went over to Schaefer Parks. I told him to go get some video of water. And so he just like did one scan across of all the water. And I think it was like a shot at me and it ended up having like 500,000 views. <laughs> People like, they like the water. I don't know. Yeah. They like yeah. to see it. It's. It, it, it harkens back to the conversation we were having earlier. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're back with segments. First up, we've got Tales from the Takes page. Our first column, commentary. Many who claims spending on climate change is good can't explain why. Is that the correct headline? It's like there's a typo in there. Um, anyway, this is a column from Todd Myers at the Washington Policy Center. And I only mention it because in the Facebook comments, a fellow named Henry Vows goes through the entire thing line by line and dunks on it. Here's a few examples. Number one, straw man fallacy. Number two, not measurable, requires knowledge of the future. Number three, not true. Number four, specifically citing two companies that contradict the previous sentence. Also, not true. He went through the entire thing like this, and it was admirable devotion no, I won't to even, a bit. Of, even if I 100% agreed with this, which I don't, I, I, I am all for some really good commenting. Like, 
Yeah, this this Henry yeah. Vals fella just went to town. He went hard in the paint on Todd Myers, <laughs> you could say. Uh, uh, yeah. Isabel is saying we already talked about Bill Mueller's. Did we talk about that last yeah, week? Yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about the it. Pool. Well, I just read it, and I agree with him. Yeah. I'm pro pool now. Fire <laughs> up the pool. You're already pro pool. You've been holding Stacey Denham's feet to the fire on that for a long time. And the police chief, it's his job. Yeah. I should go. <laughs> totally should makes go sense. The pool. <laughs> um, no, I like the idea of opening up the pool, but just put like a swim at your own risk sign, and it's just full of rainwater. That's, yeah, that's the pool we good. deserve. Yeah. Fill it with Aww. a hose. Yeah. Or just let the runoff from the splash pad just float in there, except for the kids are pooping in the splash pad. Or all the whole thing. All the soap as well. Yeah. And the city almost took it away from them. If you can't not put soap, at the, stop showering at the splash pad. <laughs> anyway, another letter to the editor. Fears over power grid and proposed hydrogen facility. This letter writer says, we don't need costly hydrogen power. We don't need to see our own rates rise. Tell Bill Gates to take his ideas elsewhere. <laughs> Tell Enzi we won't take his foolishness. Yeah, I'm going to say on this one, I had a similar issue that you mentioned at the wind meeting where I was like, I don't even, is this facts? Is this opinion? Like, because I had to change a bunch of stuff. Uh, the letter originally also blamed Inslee for shutting down Transalta when he was not governor when that yeah. was made. That's a Chris Gregor thing. And it was an agreement. Um, so there's a few issues with it. I did not want to completely scrap the letter because I thought he took the effort to write in and maybe somebody will write back with uh, more facts. So uh, We had a related item. Maybe. Oh, man. That's it's not, not playing. playing in the headphones. It's not playing in the headphones. You know what? Never mind. We don't have anything else. Yeah, we need a, we need a producer. I wonder why it's not in there anyway. It was a good clip. You would have liked it. Just have to take your word for that. Uh, People's Champion of the Week. Hey, what you guys got? Definitely, we want to do the firefighters on the Goat Rocks fire, but also one of the ones I recommended was the Salvation Army. Um, first of all, they fed hundreds of displaced residents over the weekend. Um, and then also, earlier this week, they got a new tractor delivered for their farm, and it will mean they can grow more fresh produce for the community and donate it through their food bank, which is just like a fun feel good story that I hear their produce situation is actually quite dire. They had a load of corn that uh, went missing. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, I have uh, a, I have a nominee. Uh, It's uh, Jeanette Curtis was an obituary we had last week. Go on. Um, And I just wanted to note, I'm going to read this one section. Uh, Jeanette had five children over a 22-year period. She loved them all dearly and enjoyed keeping them home, reading, baking, sewing, playing games, and camping with them. She did her best to provide them with happy lives. In 1970, Jeanette took a motor route for the Chronicle, kept that route for 34 years. She holds the record for the longest-running motor route in Chronicle history. And I don't know if it's true, but it's awesome. So saying she she should get a nomination. That's so sweet. Uh, Isabel, do you have any emails? For butter oh, emails. I forgot about that. But yes, I do have one. Um, hang on. I'm I, talk about something else for a second. Uh, we could look at um, Sirens Banger of the Week. Yeah. Or do you have another call I'm going to look at? I don't at or have something? a Sirens Banger of the Week this week. The one I liked was I just really liked the headline more so than the actual story. Longview man accused of punching man in face at Toledo restaurant charged with assault. Yeah, that's like one of the more straight-up assault stories we've ever had. It's just like, punched this guy got face. mad, punched that guy in the face, got arrested. Like uh, usually suspect, there's some more nuance to it. Suspect Clint Eastman asked the man if he felt lucky for serving up a knuckle sandwich. See there? <laughs> I huh? don't think that happened. 
Uh, not that great of a story, but yeah, headline pretty pretty solid. And then there was a news item or a sirens item: wheelchair ramp stolen. Yeah, what a dick what the move. hell, man! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God. Yeah, I thought that was pretty bad. What do you think they did with them? I don't know. They probably sold them scrap. I don't know. I have a hard time imagining somebody in a wheelchair stealing wheelchair ramps. Yeah, no, and I, they're the only people who could use them. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I I don't really know what was rude. Going on there. This city deserves a better class of criminal. I tell you, uh, Isabel, do you have an email? Okay, I don't really know what's going on with this email, and it. I feel like talking about it like requires saying who it's from. Yeah, you could leave the name out though and just read. Like it was just a bizarre email okay. we got. Um, name, youngest son of name and name, <laughs> politician from Hawaii, takes issue with mega and Trump being labeled extremists, with Hawaii, the most democratic state in the nation, being where an attempt on his life was made over one year ago. Please see attached PDF press relief release. And the subject line says WF West grad assassination attempt versus Biden labeling MAGA. Yeah, it was hard to follow. I, I don't, don't know really what it means. I do not know what it's trying to say. Yeah, it was, it was an odd one. All right, pretty wild. Um, Facebook comments. You guys ready? Ready for these bangers? I guess. On a story about the roundabout coming to Grand Mound. First comment. So the first paragraph of the article is also the caption for both photos. Lazy question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Which one is this? I'm trying to follow here. <laughs> Roundabout and Grand Mound. Oh, Next I, comment. That would be the intelligent thing, but you know they can't elect or hire people with common sense in the government. They spelled common sense wrong. And also made it one word, which it is not. And then another comment that just said socialism followed by a dozen exclamation points. Why does it bother people that I had two different pictures of the same intersection that had the same cat cut line information? I don't know. Did they want me to write a roundabout is pictured overlaid to the road? I, <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Things that people criticize. I'm sure it was a subscriber as well. <laughs> On a story about electric cars, the comment, oh, so that's what all the smoke is from. Those dang wood-burning cars. Maybe some windmills along I-5 will blow away all the smoke. Oh, my god! I liked... <laughs> Those dang wood-burning cars. Cars would never run on firewood. Not steam trains. But what if they did, though? It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I guess steam trains don't run on firewood either. I don't think so. No. Those are like coal trains? What were those trains? Stop getting yourself into trouble. What's the train in Back to the Future? Uh, I think that was coal. Anyway. Back to the Future 3. Another comment on the same story. Where's the air quality reports? What I've seen, the air quality is 75% better than 1974. This comment was posted with a straight face on Saturday. (laughs) When the sun was orange all day long. And on photos of Highway 12 during a fire. Reason 10,000 why we can't have a sheriff that just sits behind a desk. Re-elect Rob Snaza for sheriff. Which... This is a fine thing to, to voice your support for Rob Snaza, but it also implies that Tracy Murphy just sits behind a desk all day, which I don't think is true. I don't think so either, but also I despise both sides that, have, that are making it about the sheriff's race when it was really about the sheriff's office checking out residents and providing a view of the closed highway. Like, it has nothing to do with the race, but yeah. whatever. Politics gonna politic. Uh, I'll skip the next comment uh, in light of that. And then on Washington Wildlife Officials Mistakenly Kill Wolf Pup, comment, only a matter of time before they grow and wipe out our entire herds that farmers rely on to feed our country. 
Look what the packs decimated after being returned to Yellowstone. This comment was only funny because the person's last name was Wolf. And then another one. It I would have ran- been funnier if they were pro-wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have rancher friends that have been devastated by wolves. They lose many animals every year. The state covers it up. Everyone thinks that wolves are a good idea. It doesn't have them running around in their neighborhood. I don't think anybody thinks it's a good idea to have wolves running around your neighborhood. The state covers it up. I wonder where. Do you I'd think Inslee is like flying by top secret helicopter out to the middle of these pastures and being like, look, here's 50 bucks. Just don't tell anybody it was a wolf. Say it was a, <laughs> I don't, a dragon or whatever. I also, uh, and I've, I've pointed this out many times, so it's not new, but the I don't understand the WDFW's tit for tat with the wolves, which is what this all arose from, which was like they heard a livestock, killed livestock or something. It's like, well, we're going to kill one of them and then they'll get the message. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> like, that can't actually do anything. Like, well, how is this the policy? I don't understand. I don't think wolves work like that. Is but it just a know. matter of trying to make both sides happy, like making the ranchers happy because they feel like they've had some vengeance um, and then the other side happy by not just wiping out the entire pack? I'm still mad about when they their plan was to just have like people fly over packs of wolves with mm-hmm. like in a helicopter and shoot them. How is that more cost efficient than just being like, you know what, you guys can shoot some wolves? Everybody's soft. Yeah, can't take little masculine helicopter. Well, everybody's <laughs> everybody's soft except for the one guy shooting wolves out of a helicopter. That's the hardest man in Washington. How do you mistake? Oh, I mean, it's in the story. I'm sure a wolf pup for a wolf, like from a distance, or it's probably just a dog. Now, Every, now the wolves are really going to be pissed. You killed one of their children. Yeah, they're going to go John Wick on you. <laughs> the wolves don't adopt our policy. I, I feel <laughs> like, like you take one of us, we're getting a human. Wolves are already John Wick, like in their day-to-day life. You know, they're as close as you could get, probably. Yeah, they're just out there. Yeah, what if a wolf eats a baby? What's going to happen then? We have uh, to eat one of their babies. Yeah. Isn't that like the plot of the Jungle Book? It, it, the yeah. alternate plot, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's that's news. What's in the the next edition? Uh, the Do you guys want to talk about the Roof tomorrow. Doctor first, though? Uh, there's never a time I don't want to talk about the Roof Doctor. They're free estimates. Uh, the fact that they uh, offer complete roofing solutions and up to $1,000 off of any new roof. People forget that. $1,000 mm-hmm. off a new roof. It's a family company, too. It's not like one of these you know, fly-by-night operations that's corporate and forgot about making roofs. Yeah. Call the roof doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. When did it become about the money? <laughs> yeah. Roofing, roof repair, roof cleaning, emergency roofing. Whether you're in Olympia, Chehalis, Tacoma, Shelton, Hoquiam, or Longview, it's the roof doctor, baby. 360-736-0246 for a new roof. Uh, what we have coming up is, let's see, I'll just work down the side here. We have a nice, really good story from Isabel kind of wrapping up the entire weekend of the fire, along with more photos than I think I fit in for a single story in a long time. Um, probably since the river. Yeah, probably since the river. Um, Aaron, as a newspaper designer at times, I, I executed the rare, very dangerous triple jump off the front page. Ooh. Jump to 10, jump to 11, and jump to 12. Wow. With uh, facing... This is the wall triple, of photos. It's the triple India page design. Yeah, it's dangerous. Uh, it's not advised. There's not a, not a lot of people can do it. To be honest, I'm one of the very few. Anyways, just, we're gonna have that. In your own personal. We will iron have notice. we'll have coverage on the battleground and Centralia game. But I have a spoiler: the Tigers won. Ah, they're both Tigers. Oh. Wasn't uh, battleground on like an 18 game losing streak? Yeah, that's wild. And then they came back and beat the Tigers. 
Centralia. I had my money yeah. on the Tigers. Yeah, Emily went Emily to the fire on Friday. Beating that one today. <laughs> beating it like it's a wolf that's eating a, <laughs> a cat. Do you guys want to make me, uh, want to listen to me hear that joke again? No. No. Or, no. Oh my gosh. I said that all wrong. I, got, I understood. <laughs> no. Got it. Oh, uh, got We got a feature nope. on the Sandstone. <laughs> anything on the show. <laughs> the Sandstone Distillery Tasting Room in downtown Tonino. So Finally, little, a place to drink fire news. Uh, Emily just uh, posted an updated, well, not an update, a new story on an assault that happened involving a hatchet over the weekend. Thurston County's got its first uh, presumptive case of monkeypox. Yeah, that's and, a uh, We ran our, our look back in time. Usually goes in Saturday's paper, but um, I couldn't fit it, so it is in the Tuesday paper. Wow, just flexing on your There's abundance a lot more of too. news. It's a, it's a good paper. 56 days of tentative uh, coastal razor clam digs have been announced between now and, like, after Christmas. Ooh, nice. Yeah, to keep those toxins low. Yeah. And then uh, last one, there's plenty more, but uh, the Tumac Tap Room in Napavine. Uh, we got a nice little feature on that from Emily. Is that open already? Yeah, it's open. Cool. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. My brain is fried. I just said everything wrong. I, need to, I needed to quit like five minutes ago. Isabel's eyes just bugged out and she started <laughs> repeating tigers, tigers, tigers. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a stroke. Fire. <laughs> Did you hear the next sentence I said? It was like, oh gosh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you want. As always, it does not matter to me. Thanks for listening. 